Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the Steel Mace Nation podcast. I am your host, Fred Moore. Today's guest is Andrew Kelly of Sandflail. Andrew Kelly lives in Scotland. He makes this long piece of fabric that you could load up with sand or water bottles and other stuff like that, and you could swing it around your head and do like Indian club type exercises or mace exercises. Um, he shares with us how he started the, the product, where it came from, uh, some of his uh, physical ailments that he was dealing with. He also uh, shares with us, you know, his passion and his energy behind it. And he had uh, some family members deal with some uh, cancer and things like that. And he's donating proceeds to cancer. So, you know, just check out the, the podcast, learn about what the sand flail is. And, you know, if you think it's something you're interested in, you could ho hook up with him, um, sandflail.com and at sandflail on Instagram. Before we go, just want to shoot out a shout out, shoot out a shout out to the big sponsor of the podcast. That would be Addex Mason Clubs. Uh, use the discount code SMN19 to get 10% um, off on all products. And also Ongo Energy Spray. Use the discount code SteelMace25 for 25% off of your purchase. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into this podcast. And please share with your friends. Enjoy the podcast. So, Andrew, what's up, man? Uh, we Too bad we didn't just have our previous discussion uh, on recording here. We talked about a new invention, all right? I expect you to be coming out with pretty soon, but it, you know, until we release that, we're going to keep it a secret. That's that's a we got to be a niche product, but uh, we'll sell a lot of them, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But meanwhile, you are the man behind the sand flail, which is a pretty cool thing. Um, we're talking about centrifugal training here, just like mace and clubs and stuff like that. So. Uh, really want to hear about that product, and I want to hear your story, bro. You're you live in Scotland, um, and oh, you yeah. released this product. And where did you come from, and how did this sand flail come about? Well, essentially, it's the whole thing's been built over the last twenty years, probably, out of me being having some really bad injuries when I was really young. So I got a really bad. I was very athletic as a kid. I'd play like soccer, you know, football, soccer, um, just anything. I used to try and train WWE wrestling style stuff back in the day, but I really, really badly hurt my back to the point where I was in and out of doctors for years, physiotherapists, and nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. They literally they had no idea. I just, I couldn't barely move. Um, I could barely breathe. All my, my breathing was sh so shallow for about five years that honestly I thought that like I was I was done like that was life over essentially um so to speed up I started to try and train myself out of that situation because I knew that everyone had kind of given up on me and there was no other uh, route to go down so I found Indian clubs online this is about 12 years ago and there was nothing online about that stuff then i just yeah i don't even know how i found them they just popped up <clears throat> so i started looking into that i couldn't afford them they were really really expensive these hand turned wooden clubs so i just 
bought, I just found sticks and just started using sticks as like movement. And almost instantly, I felt whatever was going on in my core, ribs, shoulder area, neck area that was that had been so bad, I couldn't really couldn't function. <clears throat> um, I felt it almost like slightly release from doing all these circular movements, even just going back and forth like this, moving my shoulder around like that, forward, backwards. It was like an immediate relief that nobody could give me for years and years and years. It wasn't better by any means. It just I felt like maybe scar tissue or something. Yeah. Um, so that started the journey of circular training for me. Like I said, maybe at 12, 13 years ago, maybe. I can't, I'm not totally sure. Yeah. And this was all stuff you just found videos on and you just mimicked what you saw. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know where I saw it. I honestly don't know where I saw this first. I don't know if it was a book, if it was on the, on the internet, and probably the internet, but I just honestly I can't remember. It was so far, long ago. Yeah, 12 years ago. I, I mean, I'm starting to get a little lost in time here, but I don't even know if YouTube was doing much back then, right? Yeah, I don't remember. I don't think it was. No. I think it was all these, like, dial-up sort of things. Um, yeah, so I found that, and actually... The, these are my very first Indian clubs I ever got. They're really badly made. They're the two sets. They're different size handles. The pummel's different sizes. So but back then, that was like the holy grail, finding yeah. this stuff online. Yeah. And they were really expensive. Like how much did they cost? Do you remember? Oh, it was, oh here it was like, I mean, for you guys, it was probably like $150 or something like that. For, for well, I mean, that was expensive for me. I'd, I'd never even looked into that. Wow. So, yeah, so I found that. And then from there, pretty much, I got addicted to this circular training. What and luckily, than... from there, it skyrocketed from there. Yeah. Uh, what Before you actually got into that type of training, did you try anything else for your health issues? Yeah, I tried, every, tried everything. I, went, I spent thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds on physiotherapists, chiropractors, Wow. Uh, you name it, I tried acupuncture. I literally tried every single thing I could get to. And nothing and, worked? No, I'm like quite often you would find like a really good physiotherapist that could do something. Yeah. They would give you momentarily relief, you know, maybe for like a day or two. And then it would just come back and I'd wake up and I literally couldn't sit and sit up bed. I had to like crawl and like launch myself off the bed that way. Um, so it was honestly this circular training whatever it does to your central nervous system all your joints tendons um connective tissues there's something special going on there yeah that i've never seen in any other style of training ever um, so i'm really passionate about it um who knows me would tell you like i barely shut up about stuff um so that started and then luckily from there like youtube started take off a couple of years later so you would see videos of Mr. Mace Man starting to pop up, Rick Brown. Right. Um, and then on it brought out the steel mace, so it became more accessible to get a hold of maces. And then quite a lot of people um, started making Indian clubs, wooden clubs, Persian meals, and you could get a hold of it. And yeah, it honestly, it changed my life. This, whatever happens, like I said, with the circular training, I still have these injuries today. I have like bad shoulder that I've had since I was like, 10 
that I can't really use much things from the left shoulder except clubs, maces, some bodyweight stuff, some resistance bands. Um, yeah, so honestly, this stuff changed my life and I'm really passionate about it. And that's where the sand flail came in because I thought there was something like missing in there somewhere. Because the, the, I love the mace, I love the club, I love the steel club, Persian meal, but I wanted something more dynamic that I could feel like a, a right whip. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, that's just where it I just Years and years of doing that, wanting this product, I just decided to make it. And that's what's came out of it. Yeah. It, I think it's awesome. I, you know, watching your videos and you're swinging this thing around, and I'm like, yeah, man, that is a whole other. It's within the same vein, but it's a whole other category at, at the same time. Uh, like you said, yeah, it's, yeah, it's similar. It's definitely similar. Yeah, but you got that whippiness to it. And, you know, the first thing I thought of was like um, somebody swinging like a, a heavy ball on a chain, you know, like in a, like a, a weapon or something. And what that yeah. must feel like and how the more momentum you get going, the more it's going to pull you and and you know, it's going to attack your core more. Um, so that's, that's what you got there. And of course there's a little bit of lever to it, right? So you can make it harder by it. Does it, do you make different lengths or do they all come yeah. the same length? No, the, the, the different lengths is quite important. And that's one thing that I've not already spoke about online yet. I'm getting videos sorted out, but the, the, basically you need to be able to be stand upright this is like your hands in front of you, you're like this. And it has to be able to swing above the floor. Right. Because if you're, it has to pass through the front. So it can't be really long like a mace. Yeah. It has to be a specific height for your body type. Yeah. So it'll come in different lengths. You're going to get, right now, it looks like a, about a 90 centimeter seems to be good for people around like six foot, a little bit higher, a little bit lower, um, shorter than that. There's an 85 centimeter. It seems to work out good for a lot of people. And then below that, for around like five foot, five foot two, five foot three, I'm going to do an 80 centimeter one. And they'll come in different widths. There's going to be a few different widths as well. Um, and that basically just dictates how much weight you can cram into the, into the sand flail, whether it's rice or sand or whatever you use. Um, so, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Can... It's a bit frustrating right now because i'm still waiting for the last prototype but it's taking ages yeah <laughs> yeah all this stuff takes a long time doesn't it oh so frustrating you've got to have so much patience to actually get something done like this it's it's some days are really good and they go really quick some days are absolutely just mind-blowingly frustrating yeah yeah right, let me ask you a question about that particular detail in case somebody out there is listening and they have an idea for an invention or whatever where does like a regular person go that only has like a few bucks to spend you know like how do you how do you initiate this type of thing you have an idea and you want to get something made like i i assume most stuff is nowadays made in china i assume you could do that yeah i think yeah because I've, I've, I've looked at things like this before <clears throat> Like I've even thought about it before, like making my own like shape of kettlebell and things like that. Cause I, I used to love kettlebells a lot. I still do, but uh, it's more the clubs and stuff these days. But 
to get stuff made, <clears throat> yeah, you've got to outsource to China. Essentially, if you want to get a real product made, it's too expensive to do it, usually within the country you live in, um, which, is a, which is a shame because, I mean, like the US and the UK, they have amazing people that will make amazing things for you. Yeah. But the amount of money goes into it is crazy. Now, I didn't have the I didn't want to have to outsource to China for any of this stuff because it's very very unique to my specifications. And if I get a thousand of these things made and they come back wrong, yeah, you know, I'm kind of screwed. I don't have a lot of money to be spending on these things. Right, so I need to get it right first time. So I'm lucky that I found somebody very local to me. Um, pretty much like 10 minutes from this door I'm at right now, who has the skills and the knowledge and the experience to make this industrial enough to handle what I'm doing. And I mean, really, the idea started off really complex. The sand play was a really complex thing to start with. It had tons of straps on it. You could change the shape of it. You could different loops you could do. You could use it as a backpack. And it was just ridiculous. There was no way MD was going to actually functionally be able to use that. And the amount of money to fund that would have been crazy. That's when you have to, that's, that's a big, big, big um, project. Yeah. But as I used it, the more I realized the simpler it was, the actual better results I was getting from it. Wow. So I just kept on stripping it down, stripping it down, get a prototype made, strip it down. And then it got to basically just as simple as it needs to be to get the results, but it, it does everything it needs to do. Yeah. And luckily that, that, I mean, that means I can get it made in Scotland by somebody, I can employ somebody that has the skills and the knowledge and the, the years behind them to make this. So for me, it actually works out even better. In fact, it like can give somebody a job. Yes. Um, right. Right. Door to me. Yeah. That's so, so no outsourcing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you were able to um, make that happen in your neck of the woods. And that, that's a really good point about uh, giving somebody a job. And that's now a person or actually maybe it's probably a group of people that work in the facility like they're right. So that's a relationship that you could build with people now. Like you could go down there face to face. You could see them in Christmas time. Hey, thanks for all your work. You develop, exactly. Right. You develop a bond, yeah. a relationship. That is actually oh, the reason why I pointed this out is if you want to have a business relationships is where it's at. And, and you're mm -hmm. not going to have like a real relationship with somebody all the way in China, the way you would with somebody right there in your neck of the woods. And that's going to help your business grow substantially over the years. That's the backbone. The, the, I love it. I get goosebumps just thinking about it because you're collaborating with people and you're helping each other out. So kudos to you on that. Yeah. And if, if, if some, a, a quick change needs to be made or if I need to get some new material to them really quick, it's, it's just so easy for me to do that. Yeah. If it was in China, you know, it would be like a month long process just to get something changed or, or I wouldn't even know that what was getting, that it came out wrong. And then I forget the prototypes it'd all be messed up. And yeah. yeah. So I like it. And also I am going to, hire more people that I know, creative people, because my background's all artwork and creative work. That's what I've been doing for the last, you know, like 25 years. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, so I'm going to hire people to help me with that, like friends that, you know, could do with some extra money that have the actual skills to do 
all the video work, but just don't have like you know, like right now. I mean, it's hard to find a job in any creative media, really. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna get people I know in involved in that and you know spread spread out some of the work. To so I could I could do it all myself. It just takes you know too long to do that. Yeah, you only have so much time, right? And I mean, exactly. um, people get concerned about you know the cost of hiring people, but also you're outsourcing the things that are going to slow you down and if it's going to suck away from your passion if it's going to suck away from your creativity then it's just going to hurt you in the end so why not outsource some of these things give somebody a job and and grow together as as one unit basically while you you work on your your um your big energy that you like to work with exactly and I mean, I've done so many projects, art projects, uh, photography projects in the past. Anybody knows if you're undertaking a big project, it normally means that you, the actual enjoyment part of it gets squeezed so small because it's so stressful and it's so time consuming doing all the other parts with a project that you have to find that balance between keeping it fun for yourself, but keeping it professional as well. And that's when outsourcing becomes quite important. Yeah. Because otherwise, you'll just you'll just drive yourself an early grave, and you, you, you just you just burn out so quick. I've done that many times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, people will say, you know, like, oh, you, you're dependent on somebody else. That's okay because it's not gonna, you're not gonna win either way. You know, you're not gonna win taking it all on yourself either. So, what's no. what's the point? I mean, so can... far I've done it all myself. So it's all the artwork's mine. You know, all the all the design works mine all the everything is, has been done by me so far yeah this has got to the point now where it's got serious enough that things need to roll on like much quicker and i can't do that just just one man just all the time doing that yeah yeah so things that things are about to heat up uh, i've been ill for the last week which really slowed stuff down for me but I'm back feeling better and I'm going to be, there's going to be a lot of content coming out really soon. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's what the content you already have out currently is you can see it's starting to um, show your product more and what you can do. And you were talking about the length, right. And saying that it has to be a certain length so it could clear the floor, but yeah. are you going to be um, maybe also showing people like maybe you could stand on a box or something so you could make it, longer and then you stay on like on a crate and then you can use oh yeah you, you could do all that stuff and what once i get the core lens out then i'll i could eat i could be doing custom stuff like like mr Maceman, i was talking to him on the phone and i could even do him like a really really he's a tall guy so i could give him an, uh you know a much longer one 95 centimeter one or for people that did want to really load this thing up stand in a box i could do a you know a really long one yeah so i could i could definitely be doing some custom stuff and i will be doing some custom stuff with certain materials and certain colors for people that all that comes after the initial sort of uh, launch happens and um, i'll keep some of that secrets under wraps just now yeah there you go i like it and now let's talk about the material of this because you said you could put sand in it so i'm picturing like you could go on vacation with it folded up in your suitcase and then when you get to the beach wherever you are you could just fill it up with the sand use it uh, dump the sand out put it back in your bag and fly home right so is this like 
um, like a waterproof type material or does it, is it it's, like it's water resistant. So it, it is water resistant. You wouldn't really want to use wet sand. Dry sand obviously is ideal for that or dry rice or whatever. But uh, yeah, so the material here, this is just a prototype one. This is not the final material. But right now, all my stuff's at the manufacturers. So this is pretty much what I've got right now. Yeah. So yeah, you open this up, fold it down. And then this one, I just emptied tons of sand out of this morning. And yeah, it's like pretty clean. The sand doesn't really stick inside for some reason. Like you can really just like, if you take it outside in, you just give it a, a dust and the yeah. sand all just comes off. So it's like, it's almost perfect. I didn't even mean that to happen it just seemed to work out that way yeah nice the final materials uh it's a military grade um cordura material which seems to be the best way to go that's what all the strongman sandbags are made of yeah it's about as strong as you can get and also but it keeps the material so that it's not anything crazy it's not going to scratch your hands up it's not going to tear your hands up or anything like that nice um but it's also nice and light and it's so strong like I've, the only time i burst one of these was when i decided to slam it as hard as i could in the ground just because some people try to slam it but you can't slam this just due to the weight and the shape it will just it bursts the material it doesn't burst the actual sewing of the material it bursts the material wow. just with the amount of force that's generated with this the mace shape yeah so you can't slam it you can do most things with it but you can't slam it um, I don't know if you can see this. I've got tons of material lying around. It's like my little lab right now. But here's some. This actually is the final material. It's uh, camouflage. Yeah. See that? Um, yeah, this stuff is so strong. It's like the perfect material for getting a grip on, but it's not going to tear your hands. It took me months to find this, and it's so expensive. It is unreal. It is so, so expensive. Really? But better do things right and not have these bags break open on people. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the outside of the bag. There also is going to be like a slightly thinner inside bag that I'm going to give along with each bag. So basically, if you didn't want to have to fill sand straight into your main bag for traveling, you could fill the sand into the the other bag. So that could be your sort of bag you use for for things that are going to. Slightly messy, if that makes sense. Right, right. And you said not to use wet sand, but I was thinking wet sand would be perfect because it would make it heavier. Why not use wet sand? I mean, you definitely could use wet sand. Okay. It's just going to be more messy when you clean it out. That's all. You could definitely use yeah. wet sand. Well, could you now? Is this material like you could? Let's say you're on vacation, you dump out the sand. Can you go back to your hotel room and just like rinse it off under a sink too, and let it like hang on a line and dry? Oh, yeah. And, Okay. I did that the other day. I just took it back, um, put it under some water, rinsed off some of the, the sand that was stuck in there, put it on the radiator, and that was it. Dry, ready to go next time. Oh, nice. Now, what about putting lead shot in it? Can you do that, or you don't recommend that? I've never tried lead shot. I don't know where to get lead shot where I am right now. I'm sure you could. Or steel shot. Yeah, you, I'm sure you could fill it with any of that. The only thing is I've... I've only tried it up to specific weights in sand, so I don't, I can't guarantee that how much steel shot you'd be able to put in there yeah. to handle the thing. But it, I mean, apparently the tearing strength in this is unreal. There's yeah. something like 500 pounds force or something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm sure you could do all that stuff. And I, 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 I've tried pretty much everything. I, I can't get a hold of steel shot or lead shot, but I've tried so many different things in there that um, you can, you honestly can put pretty much anything as long as it's not sharp that's going to pierce the material. Yeah. Yeah, I, I purchased some steel shot for, it was actually lead shot. I purchased it for a mace I have, a loadable mace. And mm. I, I had to buy, um, can't remember what it was. I think I think the minimum purchase was like 40 pounds I had to buy. And I only really needed like 5 or 10 pounds of shot. And yeah. so it, it, it actually was delivered in the mail. <laughs> uh, I get it ring at the doorbell, and it's my mailman. And my mailman, you know, he's been on the job for a long time, okay? He's ready for retirement. Let's just say he, he has a long white beard, and he's been up and down people's driveways for, like, 40 years. He yeah. goes, he goes, Jesus Christ, Freddie, <laughs> what did you order? He goes, you got to come out here and help me. I, I said, what is it? And the box was sitting in the middle of my driveway. He made it only halfway up the driveway, oh, and he man. had to put it down. And he goes, what are you doing to me? <laughs> I was like, I'm not even sure what this is. I forgot I ordered it. But it was it was it was a uh, lead shot. And um, yeah, I, I used about five pounds of it and I have all this extra lead shot sitting around. I'll bet. Maybe you want it. Maybe I could send it to you. Yeah, send it to me, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that, that, that's that's actually a good point that um because I've been so ill, I'm pretty unprepared for all the things I was going to say, but We'll go with the flow. But these things, the bags, specifically like this one, which is the, they're talking about different width. So this is the seven inch wide. So this seems to be a perfect um, width for putting like water bottles in or like, you know, like fizzy pop bottles. Oh, that's um, a good idea. And it, it works out really good. Um, Cause I mean, you can get like three liters or two liters and actually that's a good weight for like flowing with or just doing specific movements. But now you've mentioned it about 10 pounds of lead shot would be a really good thing to put in here for that flow style of movement. Just cause the smaller the amount in the bottom, the more you can like flay it around without causing too much damage. Oh yeah. Whereas sand fills it quite thick. Right. So for flowing the, the least amount of actual item inside would, would work out way better. Yes. So, yeah, there you go. So, lead shot or steel shot would be great for the more fluid flowing style stuff as opposed to the heavy grunt strength stuff. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. And I mean, it works. It works really different, this thing. <clears throat> I get each one's going to come with these little silicone bands. Yeah. Now, I tried everything, all these different milkshake, multigrades things to seal this bag and to keep it from so you, you can actually like strap it down whatever weight it is and so you've got the handle you know like this and these silicone bands were by far the best thing i could find so essentially you fill this up put the band around wrap it around twice right and it literally just stops pretty much anything from falling out yeah. the sand rice just does not come out and then you get three so the second one what you can either use for the inner bag if you use that. If you don't use the inner bag, you just put it around the end here and it creates like a pummel, like on the end of a, a mace. Right. So it just stops your hand from slipping off. Yeah, yeah. And it's just perfect. These silicone bands were an absolute godsend when I was trying to find something. And it's so simple, but That's... it just works 
So be it. Yeah, and that's um, th- like those silicone bands that people wear around their wrists, right? Exactly, yeah, like these things. Yeah, so does it say sand flail on it and everything? Yeah, it's going to once I get the, yeah. get them finished. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so you don't you don't want to necessarily lose those. You could wear it on your wrist, and then you got your exactly. silicone thing that you're wearing, like you know, like most people wear. But if you do lose it, you, they sell silicone wristbands all over the place, so you could exactly. Just, yeah, and they're so cheap, it's unreal. Yeah. So you could just buy like a pack of them on Amazon, and and then you have them. Uh, I love that. Yeah. But when you're not using it, you just throw it right inside the bag, roll it up. Or you put the band around it, right, to hold it together. Yeah, so you get, like there, that's it. That's one with three bands around it. And that's how it looks when it comes uh, delivered. Yeah, that's how it'll ship. Yeah. Uh, different material, obviously, but yeah, it's gonna ship like that. Yeah. With I might give you an extra free band just in case one breaks or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, you can you can get different colors to customize your for your face. You get pink ones, blue ones. But uh, yeah, so that's going to be the Sandflail logo. The actual Sandflail will have a logo patch on it as well. But all this stuff takes a lot of time to get made. And again, it's frustrating, but you just got to have patience. Yeah. But they're on their way anyway. Everything's pretty much ready to go. I just need to see the, the final prototype and just say, yes, make, you know, 500 or whatever yeah. it's going to be. Well, how old are you? You look like you're maybe in your late 20s, tops. Uh, 30, I'll be 35 on oh, okay. December 30th. Nice, man. So, I mean, that's still very young. Uh, you have, you have decades ahead of you to get this all put together, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, maybe the, maybe it all, uh, the logo stuff will be done by the time you're 60, who knows? And then you, you'll, have, you'll have your product, right? Good things come exactly. to those who wait. <laughs> uh, and it, it was a weird thing how this all came about. I had no plan on making this a product to sell. Never, when I first started it. I was for me, I wanted something that I could do mace style stuff with, club style stuff, but with that more athletic, dynamic movement, because you can't put this down. There's no rest in this thing. You have to whip it everywhere and you have to control this, that all the circles you're moving in, it has to be 100% control. So I made this purely for myself and then I put, I put it online about a year ago, maybe over a year ago, and it blew up overnight on Instagram. It was it, overnight. It was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of views and quite a lot of the high up people in the, the swinging mace community reached out to me and says, where can I get one of these things? And at that time, I had no intention. I was like, I don't know. I don't think it exists. Yeah. So, and then... It was actually um, Don from Adex. Yeah. He actually messaged me and says, if, you, if you're going to make this into a product, get this offline now because yeah. people are just going to steal it. Yes, right. So I did that. Um, he's great, man. He is great, oh, isn't he? Awesome. That's the best advice you got right there, man, because you would have just left it up there, and you're right. Somebody yeah. would have pinched it, and your idea would have been gone, somebody else's. Don's a great guy. He's actually a sponsor of the podcast now. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. And, uh, you know, I, I'm... So everyone seems to be so helpful and nice. I mean, I've not met one that's not nice yet. Yeah. Yeah, the collaborative effort amongst everybody is huge because everybody 
pretty much knows that mace and centrifugal training and all that stuff is is the next wave it's gonna it's gonna continue to grow and everybody's on the front line of this as it's happening so the energy is just enormous so yeah like somebody's spinning or something around their head it's like who is that i want to know that person <laughs> it's it's that simple like what's up man you spin shit around your head let's go yeah it's a cool thing to do people people see it and think that's pretty cool i'd love to train like that and then they don't even realize that you know the benefits of it like all the the joints tendons health all that stuff shoulder health wrist health elbow health all that stuff is i mean and i was talking about my back injury before i actually because i'm a gra- i was a graphic designer by trade for years and years and years and years in front of a computer using a mouse constant and at that time, I wasn't training because my back was so bad that I developed severe elbow and wrist problems to the point where I couldn't even lift this coffee cup. I could not hold this coffee cup. I couldn't hold a camera, anything like that. Yeah. Um, so it was the Indian clubs, mace training, that actually rehabbed all that connective tissue in the arms. And literally, honestly, it's to the point now where I can do anything with my arm now. And it looked like it was messed up, like absolutely done in yeah. the elbows. Um, so, yeah. And honestly, it's just because of the clubs, I think. Yeah. Different techniques using them, but it basically can heal all that carpal tunnel sort of stuff. Um, ulnar nerve problems. People just have seen some crazy results from all that stuff. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's amazing because... I think like, you know, I went through my own trial or my own growing pain with this type of stuff. When I first started using a mace, I was like, okay, I, I kind of get it, but I still had the mindset where you have to really like feel the burn. You have to feel like, you know, this intense, oh, yeah. right. You got to be sweating and breathing hard. Otherwise you're not working out. But then you start to see the results and you realize that the results are coming from doing something that is so low impact really as long as your technique is good it's low impact and it's not going to tear you up so like you just said it starts healing you it's healing you because it's promoting blood flow it's it's you're moving around um your connective tissue you're you're actually hydrating your joints in doing the process the whole thing just invites health to you and not that, you know, hardcore exercise isn't good, but it beats you up, right? So you need a complement to it. And there you go. Instead of just laying around on a couch for four days because you had a heavy squat session or something, you could use a sand flail and you could just rejuvenate yourself and you'll actually recover faster and then you'll be able to get back to whatever it is you do. And as a firefighter, all this stuff working in the transverse plane, uh, you know, our, our injuries are always like happen from twisting and lifting stuff. And mm. all I know is from using a mace and and some clubs and things is that I feel way more stable now. I f- feel less prone to getting hurt. And a lot of it has to do with I'm stabilizing my core better and my joints are moving better. I have better range of motion. So what you have available for the public just adds right to that. And it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. If you, if you use the right weights, whether it's clubs, maces, sand flails, you can do it every day. 
Right. And in fact, it's probably recommended you could you should do it every day. I agree. Just, you go heavy, you kind of you have just to watch what you're doing. I've hurt myself a few times trying because I've got I've got like a pretty big gather behind me. I don't see it, but uh, yeah, I kind of yeah mess myself up using that for the first time. Yeah. I make I make a lot of gathers and I've got standard steel maces and uh, and all that. But yeah, if you find a good weight that's good for you, it's not too light, not too heavy. You can do it every single day. You make gathers. Yeah, yeah. I, is, I mean, make gathers. Is that and, one that you made right there? Uh, there are a few behind me. I have a few custom-made ones that I'll show you as well. Yeah, let's see what you got. So here's my favorite one. <clears throat> this is the I made it black concrete. Yeah. And a custom handle. So this is about. Uh, I think it's only six kilograms, six point five kilograms. So I like using that one. <clears throat> What'd you use yeah. for the handle? A dowel or like a broomstick? Yeah, just decent, strong wood, really. As yeah. long as you don't go too heavy. I've got some bamboo ones as well. This one's 30, 35 pounds, I think. Nice. And then, yeah, I've got some some bamboo bamboo handles as well. They're really nice. They're so much fun to use. Yeah, the, the bamboo is awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it's so much fun. Now, that so looks like a, a very thick piece of bamboo. Do you Did you try to make any with a thinner piece of bamboo? Oh yeah, I've so I, I gave tons of gadas away because I just yeah. don't have the room to keep them. So I make them and then either give them away or I have to throw them out because I just don't have any space. Throw them out. Yeah, <laughs> there was a while I was making like three gadas a day for months. Wow. <laughs> um, but I also you can see there are a lot of Persian meals there behind me. That I love Persian meals is like one of my favorite thing ever. That's why with a sand flail, I don't know if you've noticed in the videos, but when it's filled up pretty fully loaded, it looks like a meal. Whereas if it's filled, say, halfway, it acts more like a mace. Yes. So it's all a mixture of the two. Yeah. But this sort of like material handle. So it's, it's really, uh, it worked out pretty good the way that everything. Yeah, that, that wasn't even a... It, I guess that was another thing that just worked out to your benefit in the whole process, right? You weren't, you weren't aiming at that. You just, no, no, not that part. That, yeah. That's the thing. If you're designing stuff and you're designing stuff, well, a lot of things seem to just happen and you don't expect them to, but it's just like lucky little accessories that hang on to it. And yeah, like stuff like that always happens when you, if you put a lot of work into a project, things just seem to, to, to happen as they should. Yeah, man, that's. I've got these. This is this is actually why the sand flail became. This is a custom short gada I got made by um, Helder Gandra in Portugal. He makes these custom um, clubs, meals, whatever. So this is a custom gada I got made. It's quite short. It's the same length as a sand flail, and it's about the same width as the standard sand flail. So I spent months designing this wooden one here. And when I got it, I was so happy with it. It's quite light. It's like seven pounds. Yeah. I was so happy with it. And I thought, oh, I wish I could just travel with that. I honestly wish I could just put that in a bag and travel. Yeah. But obviously you can't. So I thought, what if I could make something like this, but that could travel? So essentially, this is a travel version of oh, this. Nice. That's awesome, and man. Started, yeah. Yeah, that's that's terrific stuff. So you got you, you're gonna have stuff coming out for us. We're gonna start seeing things. Uh, I know you said that you're working on your website. So 
this is really great, man. You're we're catching you on this podcast, relatively fresh and new to the scene here. I know, I know, it's been a lot of work in, in coming, but now you're yeah. here. Welcome to the centrifugal training community, <laughs> to the Mace community. Uh, we look forward to seeing what you got. Um, can you tell everybody how to reach you and how to order a sand flail before we well, hang up? Well, the website's being built, so sandflail.com should be up, you know, maybe a couple of weeks, okay. I think. Um, you can get me um, at sandflail on Instagram. I'm doing a lot of DMing people there. I'm messaging people about the different lengths. Apparently, the mace community is very tall. Most people have messaged about the length of the sand flail is the large one. Yeah. So it's quite surprising. So, uh, yeah, so I've been DMing people with that. So DM me there. Um, Andrew Kelly Art on Instagram as well. That's my other page where I deal my artwork, but also sand flail stuff. Um, you can get me there. And just follow the sand flail Instagram. That's where all the, the info is going to be coming up. The okay. next few weeks will be quite uh, jam-packed. And then people could dm you there and then they can basically place an order for something <clears throat> you'll you'll handle it there until the website's built yeah well i should do a launch the website will be ready for a launch i'm hoping the start of december okay all right that's what i'm shooting for yeah man yeah i mean this podcast is you know it's we're, we're not going to drop it until a few weeks from now because i have other ones on on deck so probably by the time this is out your dot com will be up so yeah it's all good yeah. in the hood all right, Andrew, thank you, man. Anything else before we go? No, I just want to say thank you. I really appreciate it. First ever podcast, never been on one before, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, you know what? I I have been bringing on people that have never done a podcast before, and I always say, like, after I hang up with the people, I'm like, man, that was a terrific interview like today was, and I always think – where am I going to see that person next? What podcast are they going to be on next? You will be on other podcasts and enjoy yourself, you know, have fun with it. It's going well, to be one thing, one thing I will say, I forgot to say this as well. Uh, one of the reasons for the black bands I'm using as well, and you get three, it's kind of similar to this tattoo here. Yeah. So essentially, there's been a lot of illness um, throughout my family this past year or two. So my dad got really bad. Um, cancer diagnosis and he's had surgery and that was successful so um that was good my my sister has been fighting cancer for around eight years she just passed away just a few months ago and so basically sand flail when i shelved it i completely shelved it i wasn't going to release it for a while because all this stuff was going on and then for some reason it's when she died when she passed away that's when almost like her spirits like went into me and I just hit the sand flail extremely hard. I put all like my energy into it. Yeah. So I kind of it's dedicated to her why I revived it again. And it's only like been a few months. Um so basically every sand flail that I sell as well, I'm gonna be donating money to cancer research and to the the house that she spent her last few days in, the the hospice that looked after her. So yeah. Um every sort of like Sanford sold. There will be some money going towards all that. I just wanted it's because it is dedicated to her. Yeah, man. Uh, I, 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 yeah. You know, um, that's a tough thing to go through. Um, I had that experience myself and my family, and to recover from it, you definitely need to do something like what you're doing, and yeah. you're you're turning that tragedy into something, 
uh, and that is going to help people stay healthy, right? So good for you, man, and and good to turn that energy around. Don't get caught in the negative cloud, and and absolutely, you know, you have that passion there to keep it going. So um, I I applaud you for that, and I, I'm sorry for your loss too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And yeah. thank you for sharing that. And that's, that's important to know. I'm glad you shared that with the audience. So yeah. Um, I wish you nothing but luck and stay in touch, man. You know, uh, you can always come back on the podcast again and we can talk more. Uh, the door is always open for you. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate everything you do for the, the Mace community. The, this podcast awesome. Absolutely. Like, all, all the, all the episodes are awesome. I listen to them all night. Thank so. you. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I try to do my best here, and uh, I absolutely enjoy it. Like you enjoy what you do, and yeah. um, this, you know, this is what it's all about—just having a good talk. So, good, man. Awesome. No, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you too. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Later. All right. Bye.